Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Kelly with Kelly's Outdoors here in Wichita, Kansas. Um, this is going to be the first of what I hope is going to be many shows. Uh, we are basically this is a this is a venture to try to explore some areas in in live talk radio uh, that deal primarily with the the outdoors. Um, there's not too much of that, of course. Everybody knows you get some of that on cable TV. Uh, you know, and some of the specialty channels and stuff. Uh, a little bit of history about myself. Um, I work for the United States Postal Service. I'm a mail carrier, a rural route mail carrier. Uh, married, three great kids. They all enjoy lots of outdoor activities. Um, matter of fact, my 20-year anniversary is coming up in October. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Uh, Anyway, I'm also a custom call maker. I make custom-made duck calls and goose calls. I enjoy waterfowling, fishing, uh, just all things outdoors. Um, and basically, that's what this show's about. Um, being being from Kansas, uh, people don't really uh, think of Kansas as being one of those places where there's a lot of outdoor activity. But uh, rest assured, there is. Um, People recently in the last, I was going to say, probably 10 years have, have come to realize that we've got a, an incredibly large population of white-tailed deer uh, with some huge, huge bucks, um, both white-tail and mule deer. Uh, for a short period of time, about five years, I lived out in western Kansas where predominantly uh, the mule deer are the predominant uh, deer species. Um, however, there were certain areas where there were pocket of whitetails, and uh, frankly, they were they were just absolutely huge. Um, Kansas has also probably got one of the fastest growing uh, populations of wild turkeys. Um, when I was a kid growing up, uh, I'm, I'm 51. I'll be 52 in December to give you some idea here. When I was a kid growing up, there was no such thing as a deer season. Um, I mean. It wasn't until after I was in in college that there became a deer season on a regular basis that you didn't have to you know uh, draw for per se. Um, wild turkeys were introduced here back in the 70s, um, and they have just gone crazy. I mean, um, it's not unusual for me to see you know deer and turkey on my my mail route on a real regular basis. Um, we have both a spring season and a fall season, um, and Frankly, the, the the limits here are very liberal uh, on turkeys. Um, anyway, um, recently, uh, as of just this past Monday, uh, dove season opened up here. Um, a lot of states don't have dove season. It's one of those one of those I can't understand why they don't, but you know, neither here nor there. Um, our dove season lasts until it's actually in two segments, but traditionally it lasts through the end of October. Uh, from the 1st of September through the end of October, uh, bag limits are 15 birds per day. Um, and, you know, they're just like doves anyplace else that you see. They're just little gray rockets, you know. Um, <laughs> they they can they can humble the best of wing shooters, you know. And since I'm not one of those, it doesn't take very long for me to get real humble in a, in a dove field. Anyway, um, and in a couple weekends... Uh, Actually, somewhere around the 13th, I believe, our, our early teal season opens up here. Um, a lot of states right now have got uh, early goose season going up. Um, mostly those are resident birds, and you know the, the human population would like to see them go someplace else, so they open up a, a resident uh, 
bird season to try to, to move those Canadians, or primarily Canadians, uh, out of the area. So, you know, they can move on to bigger and better things and greener pastures elsewhere. However, uh, we, we've had those here in Kansas a few times, in certain areas in Kansas. This is one of the years we're not having those around here in the Wichita area. Wichita, for those of you that aren't familiar with the state of Kansas, uh, Wichita is in the south-central part of the state. Um, it is the largest metropolitan area in the state of Kansas. Um, Kansas City uh, is northeast corner of the state, and we're, people are very familiar with where that's at approximately, or they've heard of Kansas City. And then the state of Kansas, the, the Pika, I'm sorry, excuse me, is our uh, is our state capital. Okay. Um, this is this is basically just kind of an, an intro to to what the show is going to be about. Um, I'd like to you know give you a little bit of history about myself, which I've already kind of done. Um, then you know uh, obviously you can call in if, if you're interested in uh, you know adding something to the show or whatever. You're welcome to call in anytime. The numbers pasted up some place on the board there you're looking at. Anyhow. Um, a little, a little bit of uh, information here. We went out that we, we Kansas traditionally has pretty warm weather, you know. Um, and this this last summer, uh, and I don't, I don't mean to, you know, knock the gods of global warming, but uh, this last summer has been extremely cool by Kansas standards. Um, I can't think of maybe more than a half a dozen days where it got up in the upper 90s or even to 100. Um, it used to be pretty common to get over 100 on a real regular basis in July and August. Um, today is the 3rd of September, and the high today, I think, was 67 degrees. Okay, um, Now, that's un- unusually cold for this time of the year. But anyway, the doves that we did have laying around here, uh, the vast majority of them have already headed off south. Um, when, when I went to bed last night, there was a pretty brisk breeze out of the north, and uh, the temperature was dropping rather quickly. And... And I'm sure those little guys are either someplace in Texas or Mexico by now. But I did see some birds out today while I was out doing my mail route. Um, I did see an awful lot of ducks. You know, for, for the duck hunters out there and the teal hunters out there, uh, this cold front that come through pushed a lot of uh, a lot of teal, and I saw a lot of widgeon and gadwall out on some of the ponds I went by today. So there's a lot of those out in the area. Um, hopefully they'll stick around. You know, for the early season for teal. Um, there, there, there's another bird. <laughs> it's just frustrating to hunt. They're, they're like little feathered rockets as well. Anyway, um, this, this is one of those times of the year. This is the fall is absolutely my, my favorite time of the year because there's so much going on. I mean, you've got uh, aside from obviously the, the hunting and fishing aspects of things. Uh, you know, you got a lot of my, my favorite sports is this time of the year, which is. Uh, football. Um, I'm a huge football fan. Um, I played ball when I was in school. I enjoyed it. Um, my son is now playing. Uh, he's he's all of ten, so it's still fun for him. It's not serious, you know. It, it is to a certain degree, but you know, it's still fun, you know. Um, but fall has always been a time for, you know, just the the weather's perfect. It doesn't get too hot. Doesn't get too cold. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to do, and, and you know, unfortunately, I'm one of those ones that, you know, when when fall time rolls around, I put the fishing rods away, which is just a huge mistake because, um, uh, you know, it's one of those things I learned late in life that uh, springtime is often the best time of the year to catch fish. 
All right, and then the second best time of the year is in the fall. Um, the water start cooling again. They start turning over. Uh, the fish are, are kind of spread out all over the place, but um, they're in a much more aggressive feeding mode because they're trying to get ready for for winter. Um, and you know, it, it was years and years and years before I finally figured out that that you know some of those guys out there fishing in September and October weren't really missing the boat. It was me that was missing the boat by not giving it a try. Um, but anyway, uh, so you've got you got all your hunting seasons open up. You got you know probably the second best time of the year to go fishing is right now, or now through the end of October, first part of November, at least in this part of the world. Now farther south, obviously. Um, it's a, it's a whole different deal. I've, I've got friends that live down in Florida and Texas and North Carolina and Georgia that, um, you know, they they enjoy some pretty phenomenal fishing year round. Which, you know, that that's just part of it being down there. Um, of course, you know, up here we we don't have a lot of the the, the what what's, what's the word I'm looking for uh, high profile. Uh, fish like uh, you know your trout and salmon and stuff like that. We, you know, we've got a lot of largemouth bass. We've got some of the some of the best walleye fisheries in the entire world. You know, right here in the state of Kansas, um, crappie fishing, white bass. Uh, we've got some lakes that have some pretty healthy populations of stripers. Um, a few lakes that have some pretty healthy populations of smallmouth bass. Um, but mostly, I would say the the one thing that we're probably known for more than anything else is going to be our cat fishing. Um, just it seems like you can't you can't throw a rock you know anywhere without hitting a pond that's got you know channel cats stocked in it, um, and so frankly there's there's an awful lot of channel cats you know in in the ponds and lakes around here. I mean they're they're here natively, uh, but they're also uh, you know introduced into a lot of new ponds and stuff. I mean the first thing they do when they when they start a new pond in the course is they they put in. Uh, your your bait fish and then some of your catfish and bass to kind of keep everything in check and uh, traditionally the three fish that you'll find in most farm ponds around here uh, is going to be largemouth bass, bluegills, and channel cat. You know, um, and some bonehead will go in there and throw in something else, then you end up with a real nice mess. But you know, for the most part, those are the three species of fish that you're going to find the most of. Um, now. Where I'm located at here in South Central Kansas, we have a few uh, places fairly close uh, for for waterfowling that's open to the public. Um, we have Cheyenne Bottoms, which is about two and a half hours north of here, near a town called Great Bend, and then we have Quivira National Wildlife Refuge, which is northwest of here, about an hour and a half. Um, both of those places are are huge when it comes to wintering populations of waterfowl. Um, Cheyenne Bottoms. I mean, it, everybody's heard of Cheyenne Bottoms and Quivira National Wildlife Refuge. I mean, they're just they're big, and I mean, it, it's probably one of the coolest sites you'll ever see. Is if you're up there sometime, and um, you know, long about an hour or so before evening, when the birds are flying, you know, getting up off the refuge or flying into the refuge, uh, it's just it's just incredible. I mean, you, you can see literally tens of thousands of birds in in any direction you look. You know, flying you know, either into the refuge or out of the refuge. And it's just it's just one of those things that uh you, you won't forget it, you know, once you see it. It it's it's pretty cool. Um we also have straight north of us here, about forty five miles from here, uh, McPherson Wetlands, which is um undergoing a, a kind of a, a rebirth. Um they've done a lot of work on it. Um 
and it's an it's a natural wetlands. Uh, when people when you think of Kansas, you don't think of wetlands, but you know we've got them. I mean, it's it's not like swamps or anything like that, but um, they're very productive and uh, they hold an awful lot of birds, a lot more than what people would think. You know, uh, like I said, people Kansas is probably one of the best kept secrets. You know, when it comes to waterfowling uh, of any place in the United States, um, late in the winter. Uh, when when everything up north is frozen up, you know we've got a lot of rivers that, that flow through here, not huge rivers, okay, not not the kind that you know take you half an hour to get across, but uh, a lot of rivers that that's got some good flow, so the water's constantly moving, uh, that will attract large numbers of birds later on in the year when when a lot of the uh, large reservoirs and uh, the wetlands are frozen over, and you know most everything else up north is frozen over as well. Um, it's not an, it's not unusual at all to go out uh, and set up on one of these rivers on a sandbar and and have your limit of birds literally within you know 30 minutes of, of arriving and getting your decoys out. Uh, it's it's kind of one of those deals that it seems like it takes more time getting your decoys out and getting set up than it does to collect your your limit of birds, which you know kind of brings me to a, a point for some of the younger listeners out there, you know. Back when when I was a kid, I mean, it seemed like the most important thing was was shooting my limit of birds, and you know, it's one of those things that uh, I think everybody goes through that to a certain degree. But um, when you get older, you realize it's not the uh, the number of birds per se that that you you bring down. Uh, it's it's more about the quality of the of the experience. And I know that um, you may not understand this listening to me say this now, but um, the truth of the matter is some of the some of the most enjoyable days of field that I've had either either fishing or hunting or whatever it may have been uh didn't involve me shooting anything um, you know one of the one of probably one of the finest days that I ever had you know out hunting was uh when I went out with my younger brother casey and uh we uh we stumbled across a small pond on a public hunting area. And uh, it was literally covered with ducks. And we flushed the ducks early that morning. And I threw out maybe a half a dozen decoys, and we just hunkered down in the willows next to that pond. Um, and we both had our limits, you know, literally within 30 minutes after after we flushed those ducks out of there. It, but that that's not what I remembered the most about that, that experience. What I remembered most about that experience was... Uh, just you know, first of all, I was there with my brother. You know, and, and for those of you out there that have brothers and sisters, you know what I'm talking about. When you know things can be a little tense sometimes, you don't always see eye to eye, and and uh, you know, you, you know, sibling rivalries being what they are, you just kind of, eh, you kind of, you kind of can understand where I'm coming from. But you know, the truth of the matter was is that that was one of those days when all that crap was put behind us, and uh, we really had a great time. And Casey, you know, had a camera with him, and it was really a, a nice 35 millimeter camera. And you know, we uh, we got it, like I said, our limits in just a matter of half an hour or so after we flushed all those birds up. But we uh, we spent the rest of that morning just sitting there in the blind, watching the birds work to the decoys. Uh, I tried to scare as many of them off as possible with my with my uh, world class uh, calling skills, <laughs> which <laughs> have saved many a duck, I might add. Um, in any event, uh, you know, just taking pictures, just having a great time, enjoying the day, and uh, it, that was probably one of the best hunts that I that I remember. Um, and you know, some some of the more memorable times have been when I've taken my kids out. You know, their first hunt, uh, 
my oldest daughter, Lindsay, when I took her on her first turkey hunt, and uh, she found out she had a, a horrible fear of cows. Uh, I, left her, I left her on a stump uh, where a couple of couple trails came together, and I was trying to work some birds towards her. And uh, when I got to where she should have been, and I had birds moving in front of me, she was gone, long gone. And I kind of panicked a little bit because, you know, she was only like 10 years old at the time, and it's like, where, do you, where are you? And I hear her, and she's over there calling at me from behind a tree, and this big old red cow had come over and scared her off, so she ran over there behind a tree and waited till the cow went away. <laughs> And in the meantime, these two big old gobblers came strolling down that trail not more than 25 feet from where she had been sitting. And so, in any event, that made kind of an interesting moment. And uh, Shut the door. Shut the door. Sorry about the interruption. Um... Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah. And uh, she was basically scared off by, you know, this cow that just wanted to find out what she was all about. Um, you know, another time, my, my son and I, we went out deer hunting, early season for muzzleloader. And, uh, of course, it never ceases to amaze me. Um, if, I, if I'm hunting doves, the, the temperature drops to, you know, 20 degrees below zero and all the doves leave. If it's early season muzzleloader for deer, I mean, it stays hot. And it's miserable, and, and it just can't suck enough. And, of course, you know, that's no fun. And so Hunter and I, and I think he was probably four or five at the time, uh, he really wasn't hunting, but he had his BB gun along just, just for the sport of it. And uh, we ended up shooting all kinds of things that afternoon. Uh, none of them were deer. Uh, mostly they were spiders, you know, those big ones that make those huge webs out there in the woods that you just hate walking into in the middle of the morning before you can see them, you know. Anyway, yeah, I can, you know, there's, I know there's a lot of people out there going to be going, yeah, that's real funny, but I know I've heard a lot of people shriek like little girls, you know, early in the morning when they walk into one of those things because they, they just, they just creep me out, you know, so. Anyhow, um, back to, back to the show here. Um, we have... About 11 minutes left now, and I'm kind of winging this. I really, you know, I'd, I'd had some show prep put together for this, and uh, I kind of got off track because I was I was paying more attention to the national uh, Republican National Convention than I was, you know, the radio show prep. But that's that's a me thing. Anyway, um, I I'm a big, you know, just cut to the chase here. I'm a, I'm a big time Republican. Um, always have been probably always will be um i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with with democrats it's just you know i'm i'm pretty much a republican so i know that probably talking politics on this thing probably isn't the smartest thing to do but so be it you know um i am what i am um now a little bit more about what i do uh, I, I i told you i, I do uh uh work for the United States Postal Service as a, as a rural route mail carrier. Um, and then I also have a, a hobby that, that I pursue, and I make custom-made duck calls and goose calls. Um, I've been doing that for about a little over four years, maybe uh, maybe five years now, almost five years. And uh, I really enjoy doing it. It was one of those things that just kind of kind of came on me. I mean, I, I made calls when I was a kid, but not 
not of the same caliber and not of the same quality uh, as what I'm making now. Um, but the thing is, is that uh, I started off doing as a, just kind of as a hobby, and uh, you know, one thing kind of led to another, and then you know, I, so, I sold a few of them on eBay, and the next thing I know, I got a phone call from a guy that wanted me to, uh, you know, put some of them on. Uh, a contest the national wild turkey federation you know which i thought was kind of weird you know because it's national wild turkey federation what the heck would they want duck calls and goose calls for but it was kind of a new thing they were doing i mean they'd always had turkey calls but uh they wanted to uh basically run uh, uh duck calls and goose calls with as part of the contest and uh, anyway that first year i entered a few calls and i ended up getting third place in one category and it kind of jazzed me up a little bit, and then I ended up ended up entering some other contests, and you know, won some minor awards here and there. Um, and as as time went on, you know, the reputation for the quality of the calls um, kind of caught people's eyes, and you know, word of mouth is is really important in that line of work. So um, it, it just kind of picked up from there. Um, and I I sell a lot of calls now. I donate an awful lot of calls, so like Ducks Unlimited and Delta Waterfowl and and stuff like that. And um, there's there's a few websites out there uh, that I that I either sponsor or belong to. I'm I'm at all the time or whatever uh, that deal with waterfowling and waterfowl hunting. Um, the first one would be Custom Calls Online. There's a, an awful great bunch of guys on there i mean you got duck call makers goose call makers predator call makers uh turkey calls i mean and you know the, those turkey call guys you know you talk about artists i mean um the the amount of time and and energy that they put in some of those calls is just nothing short of phenomenal um i don't i can't even begin to imagine some of the hundreds of hours of time that they put in some of those calls it's 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 just boggles my mind um and I mean, there's there's all kinds of call makers on there. Um, you know, as far as new call makers, beginners to to the guys that have been doing it for longer than I've been alive. Um, so if you ever want to go and see just a bunch of awesome calls, I mean, just you, you may not even be a hunter. You know, you don't have to be to appreciate these things. They're they're one of the few original types of American folk art that uh, is is in existence today, and and it's being practiced and it's alive and well you know, throughout the country. Um, another website that I go to frequently is called The Refuge. Um, the Refuge is basically a website that's dedicated to, you know, waterfowling. Um, some of the best people I've met in in the industry, you know, I, I've met on there. Um, a lot of great guys. Um, the surprising, surprisingly different uh, backgrounds. I mean, people... I think a lot of times tend to tend to pigeonhole uh, hunters and fishermen as uh you know basic redneck you know bubba's driving pickup trucks and stuff and and true you know there's a lot of us like that out there uh but there's also a lot of guys that are uh CEOs of companies um executives of one sort or another lawyers doctors um they they enjoy the sport they and and they they truly do enjoy the camaraderie of some of these websites um it's just amazing that 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 would be probably the one really nice thing that i that I can say I've really uh enjoyed about making these calls and and doing these is the people that I've met from not only just all over the United States but from literally all over the world um I have clients that are now friends 
uh, that live in Australia, uh, as far as uh, England, uh, different places in the UK actually, um, Alaska, Canada, um, two or three guys that, that buy calls for me that live in Europe. Uh, they hunt over there in Russia, um, South America, Central America. Um, oh, I already said Australia. There's there's a couple guys in Australia, New Zealand's another place, um, Ireland, which is part of the UK. Uh, but it's just you know the the thing is that um, the opportunity to meet these people that it, it had it not been for that vehicle of making calls, uh, they our paths would never have crossed. I mean, there, there'd be absolutely no reason whatsoever for our paths to have crossed. Um, and it's been really cool, you know. Um, had some great friendships spring up from this. Um, I, I literally have a database of people from all over the world, you know. Um, my mom, when I started doing this, she thought it'd be kind of nice to, to take a map and put a, a push pin, you know, a colored push pin um, in every place where I had... Uh, uh, Oh, what's the question I'm asking? Um, in uh, where someone bought one from, okay? Um, well, I started doing that. And then when I ended up getting uh, just so many dots in so many places, I couldn't keep up with it. And pretty soon the, the map looked like one big, you know, uh, pin cushion uh, in, in certain places. Southern Illinois seems to be a hotbed for, for all things duck calls, uh, which is which is you know one of those traditional areas where you you have an awful lot of quality uh top quality you know custom call makers um in that part of the world um i i seem to send an awful lot of calls there to ducks unlimited delta waterfowl which uh, i said it earlier and i'll say it again are two you know really great groups of people that do an awful lot to uh make sure the sport that we all enjoy uh, is going to be around for generations yet to come um if you're not a member of Ducks Unlimited and you're not a member of Delta Waterfowl, you, you might want to take a real close look at joining them. Uh, you know, uh, you don't have to go to the banquets or anything like that, but you know, sometimes the, the banquets are pretty cool. They're they're enjoyable. Um, I just, I, you know, I just can't begin to tell you that uh, I can't tell you enough that uh, it, it's important to support the sport as much as you possibly can. Um, you know, there's always. There's always things you can do besides give money. I mean, money is great to those to those uh, you know groups, but you know a lot of times they just need volunteers to help do things. Sometimes you know, uh, build wood boxes for for uh, duck nests and, and goose nests and stuff. I mean, it's just a lot of times it just it's it's the manpower you know where it's lacking. You know, um, and a, a good analogy would be uh, the last time you you had to move. You know, from one house that you, you were selling to one you were buying, and you tried to find friends to help you move, and and all of a sudden, all your friends that were, were always around the house on Saturday and Sunday watching football games on your big flat screen TV, they had other things to do. You know, that weekend you needed to move. Um, that's kind of the way it is with Ducks Unlimited. They always got people that are around to willing to help out. You know, to a certain point, you know, they'll yeah, I'll write you a check or whatever. But when it comes to you know putting the shoulder you know, on on the barge and pushing, a lot of people just seem to disappear. You know, and that's where I think a lot of times they, uh, you know, they're, they're that's where they need the help. You know, the volunteer wise. Um, also, with Delta Waterfowl, I mean, there's there's lots of groups, there's lots of organizations 
um, in in your local area. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort to try to find one. I mean, you can find them on the internet easily enough. Um, so anyway, um, if you get a chance to, to take a look at my website, you'll find out a lot more about me on there and what I do. Uh, it's Kelly's Calls. It's www.kellyscalls.com, and it's uh, Kelly's K E L L Y S Calls K A L L S. Kind of a play on words there, um, and uh, that's that's what I do, and that's what I'm all about. Not, and uh, that's not what I'm all about. Uh, that's one of the things. <laughs> There's a lot more to my life than making duck calls, but uh, in any event, I, I really want to tell any, everybody that was there tonight that, that enjoyed it. Uh, thank you very much for for dialing in and listening. In. And uh, it has been it has been a pleasure. Um, next week, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to do this. I'm going to be kind of busy but we're going to try to we're going to try to keep this thing going until I get something of an audience built up. Uh I have no idea how many people out there listened. If if you listened and you liked what you heard, please leave a comment, tell me what you'd like to hear more of uh or less of. Um I'll try to have this a little bit more structured next time around with some with some notes. Um anyway, uh in in future shows, I've got some people lined up to to come on to be guests. Um to help me uh, kind of get this thing launched, I'd, I'd like to try to build up a pretty sizable nationwide audience. Um, if you, like I said, if you heard what, if you liked what you heard, and you want to hear more, I mean, it's going to be more specific as as the shows go along. This is kind of a get to meet and greet each other kind of a thing. Um, so, like I said, uh, if, if you wouldn't mind leaving a note of what you thought of the show and and uh, what needs to be done to improve it up to and including shutting up and going away. You know? <laughs> I'm open to suggestion. Uh, I do appreciate the, those of you that, that uh, tuned in tonight and spent some quality time you know, listening to me rant and rave. Uh, it, it was appreciated. And uh, I hope that uh, you found something of interest to bring you back the next time. Have a good one. Good night.